So now, let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Last week we talked about the upside down ways that can bring life-changing breakthroughs. And we introduced a Hebrew word for upside down. Do you remember what it is? Say it out loud. Hafuch. Okay, let's, let's get that up on the screen if we can. Can we? That's right. Hafuch, upside down. Okay, that's exactly the way I wanted it. Thank you very much. That will do just perfectly. Hafuch, say that with me. Hafuch, you want to say it just exactly right. Upside down. Sometimes God turns things upside down. And sometimes he works through upside down situations in order to accomplish life-changing breakthroughs. For instance, he used Joseph in slavery and then in prison to become the prime minister of Egypt who then brought deliverance to the children of Israel. That's upside down, that's hafuch. He used little David to defeat the giant Goliath and to bring victory for Israel against the Philistines. That also is hafuch. He turned Balaam, Balaam's curses into a blessing. That was hafuch. He turned it upside down, he flipped it. And then the Lord, almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator, the, the omnipresent one, came down from heaven. He took on a human body. He became the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is hafuch. That's upside down. God works in upside down ways and in upside down situations. Sometimes our situations are upside down to us, but he flips them and makes them right side up. Sometimes we think that we know what right side up and he flips them. And to us, it's upside down, but to him, ah, this is the way it's supposed to be. And the younger will serve the elder in such situations. Ann Kramer told me yesterday after listening to the podcast from last week that she had an idea that all believers should be called hafuchim. <laughs> Say that with me, hafuchim, the upside down ones. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Shalom hafuchim. <laughs> you see, God uses the, the foolish ones and the foolish things in order to reveal his wisdom. This morning, I want to focus on how to experience the life of faith and the life of blessing because a lot of it is upside down. We think that, that we have all the power to accomplish what we want, but we don't. The blessings that we hope for, the blessings that we need, are not always ours to get for ourselves. They're not always within our reach. They're not always something that we can accomplish no matter how hard we try, how skilled, how talented we are, how faithful we are. Some blessings, can only come to us because of a right relationship with God. In fact, 
When you become a believer in God, it's not so much a mental assent to the idea of God, it's a change where you say, I need him. And you realize that the ultimate blessing of all is to be in a right relationship with the living God. Obedience brings blessing. That's what we read about this week in the Torah portion. The favor of God brings blessing. Serving him and doing what he commands us to do brings blessings to us. The Haftorah portion summarizes and really captures and crystallizes and distills the essence of this. You can turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse five. It describes two ways you can live. Verse five, cursed, say that word with me. Cursed is the one who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength and whose heart departs from the Lord. When we trust in man, it does not mean that we just have a normal, honest, trustworthy relationship with people. That's not what it's describing. So it's not telling us to be cynical about people. Sometimes when you're hurt, when you're disappointed, when you've been betrayed or let down, you can say, I don't trust anybody. That's not what this is talking about. This, you see, you still need to have trustworthy relationships with people. You still need to be strengthened by other people, to be encouraged by other people, to be sharpened by other people, to be served and loved by other people. But this is talking about a three-part combination that will make blessings not come to you. Trusting in man. Trusting in man in this way, in man as your source of strength. And it doesn't just mean trusting in other people. It means trusting in yourself. That's the point of number two. Who makes flesh his strength. Who makes himself his own strength. Who says, I'm strong myself. I'm trusting in me. I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. And I don't want to be dependent on him. And then the third part, whose heart departs from the Lord. So this is a three-part problem. Now, cursed is a tough word, isn't it? And maybe you don't like that word. I understand it. I don't like it. But a way to understand cursed is this. Resistant to blessing. The one who is cursed resists blessings. Blessings don't come to that person. They don't stay with that person. The blessings are not in pursuit. Now let's, come, let's see what the, the visual image is. In verse six, he will be like a shrub in the desert, like a bush in the desert and shall not see when good comes and will inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land that is not inhabited. If you've ever been in the desert in the land of Israel, you, you have some idea of what this is about. Or if you've been in a desert area, you can, you can relate to it. That, that dried up, shriveled up bush during a time of drought. 
That's what the person who departs from the Lord is like. Now let's compare that in verse seven to the other kind of person. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. You see, that's another kind of trust. It's trusting in God, not in ourselves. It's putting our hope in God instead of hoping in ourselves. This one may be facing the same difficulties that the other one faces, but this one faces them differently. When we're trusting in our strength, you know what happens? If God doesn't answer us the way we want, we do it our way. Have you ever given God a deadline? Admit it. Lord, if you don't do it by this time, I'm gonna have to do such and such. Some of us aren't that honest, but almost all of us do that. And we, whether we're explicit or not, we take things into our own hands. When, when push comes to shove, we rely on ourselves, but that doesn't bring blessing. There's another posture that we can take, which is when things are tough, we really press into God. And instead of trying to connive our way out or find our own resources, we stop and we say at least one thing, God, I need help. God, I need your help. God, I need you to help me get out of this situation. And you know what happens when you start trusting in the Lord? hope will start rising up in you. Maybe you've had a loss of hope. Maybe you're even hopeless. But when you start trusting in God, hope will return to you and it will start filling you back in. Don't wait for hope to come. Start trusting in the Lord. I love that song we sang today based on the scripture, bless the Lord, O my soul. Because you know the form of it? It's a command that, that one makes to his inner being. When do you have to do things like that? When your inner being doesn't want to do it. When your soul is in mourning, when your soul is resistant, when your emotions are discouraged, when you've lost motivation, is that a time to give up? No, that's a time to take authority over your own emotions. And if you're born again, you have a renewed spirit that can work through a renewed mind and a renewed heart. And there are times when you have to let your spirit man, your spirit woman have the last word. And to cry out to God and say, God, I need you. And then you start speaking to yourself and you say, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to seek him now. I'm going to press in. You have to resist all the other temptations. Verse eight gives a picture of that person. That one will be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. It won't fear when heat comes. Its leaves will be green. It won't be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Now, why would it not be anxious in a year of drought? It's because it's not depending on rainfall. It has another way to get the water. It's planted by the stream that gets the underground water. You see, you can be nourished, you can be flourishing, you can be vital even in the midst of difficult situations. So Jeremiah is describing the contrast. 
I want to connect this to something very practical that, that we talked about last week and that we need to talk about today and that you're going to need in, in the weeks to come. It has to do with how you take a posture of faith and trust when you're in the middle of a hard situation and a difficult situation. What do you do? And what I've noticed is so many people take fiery darts and don't recognize them for what they are and then suffer. Do you know a fiery dart hurts? How many of you love to get shots? You love to go to the doctor and get a shot? Not even one of you. Okay, so we don't have any masochists in the room. That's good. And yet, every one of us is going to take a shot from the enemy. And sometimes we take those shots and we don't realize they're coming from the enemy. We think they're coming from our husband, our wife, our kids, our boss, our friends, our parents. We think they're only coming from other human beings. Or we think they're only physical because they touch the body or we think it's just emotional. But I wanna tell you that every part of your being is connected to every other part. When your body is sick, does your, is your heart glad? No. When your heart is glad, does your face show it? We used to laugh about those people who we said had been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> because they never smiled, they never seemed to have any joy, and if you asked them, like, where is the joy? They'd say, oh, it's deep inside. And we'd say, wow, it's so deep, I can't even see it. You see, a joyful heart will renew you. A joyful heart will show itself through you. And I'm not talking about faking it here. I'm talking about revealing it here. There are times when we have to have a plan for how we're gonna get through the battle. And if you don't have armor and you don't have weapons, you will not get through the battle. You will be taken out in the battle, in the day of the battle. And some fiery dart is gonna hit you. Let's just test you. Who has had any form of serious discouragement this week? <laughs> there you go. Who has had to pray for someone who is facing a life-threatening issue? There you go. Who needs more money? Who needs more encouragement? <laughs> there you go. And when you don't have some of those things, you might not even realize that but there could be a spiritual fiery dart associated with them. And you take it and you think, why'd she say that? Why'd he do that? Instead of thinking, hmm, fiery dart. Fiery dart. Okay, when you go into battle, you're not so tough that you can take fiery darts. That's what 
what we need to know about yourself. Okay, you're in a smiling mood. Smile at someone and say, he's talking about me. I'm not that tough. You see, none of us is that tough that we can take fiery darts. We've all watched these Hollywood movies, you know, where the hero gets slugged, you know, like 50 times in the face. And he just shakes it off. <laughs> and, you know, these, these Bruce Willis characters, they get stabbed in eight places. And they just pull the knife out, go back at the other guy. They barely bleed. They never bruise, they don't swell up, and they never cry. That is not realistic. <laughs> if you ever go to a hospital and you're in an area where there are people who are really suffering and you hear their cries and their wails, you know how hard it is. You want to relieve that pain. Pain and suffering are connected with external things too. We will express them. We will feel those things. And so we have to be prepared. We have to understand something. We're not invulnerable. We're not Superman. We're not, we don't have superpowers like that. We have a superpowerful God who gives us weapons that are powerful but have to be used. And we have to use those weapons. And so I just want to keep focusing on this shield of faith that extinguishes the fiery darts. You need a fire extinguisher in your life because the enemy uses flaming arrows. And just think of all the movies you've seen, you know, where the Romans are doing flaming buckets of oil and the archers are shooting flaming arrows into the city. And understand, that's the kind of battle you're in. Flaming arrows are being used against you. And for many of you, you're just trying to <clears throat> tough it out. Well, you can't take that many and survive. So what are we supposed to do with the flaming darts, the flaming arrows? We are supposed to hold up that shield of faith and let it take them. It has fire extinguisher capabilities, and it hurts much less if the dart goes into it rather than into us. The shield of faith, Ephesians 6.16. Ephesians 6 talks about the real battle being a spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers. And says in verse 16, in addition to all of these, the shield of faith, hold up the shield of faith. What do you do with it? Hold it up. Is it enough to have one? No. Oh yeah, I got my shield of faith right here. Oh! Hold it up. Hold up your shield of faith. It's not just your Bible. I'm just using that as an illustration. Hold up the shield of faith to stop, say that with me, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. What does your Bible say? The evil one, the adversary. You mean there's an evil one out there? Uh-huh. That's what I'm telling you. There's an evil one out there. He shoots 
dastardly weapons against you. It's not just your emotions when it happens. It's not just your body when it happens. It's not just your mind when it happens. It's not just your will. Those are the things that are hit with a fiery dart and affected. And when they're hit, you know what? You don't feel right physically. You don't feel right mentally. You don't feel right emotionally. You don't even feel right spiritually when you take all of those. You've got to fight. You've got to fight deliberately. You've got to fight immediately. You've got to win the fight. You have to win. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Turn there. Because of time, we're going to wrap up with this. 2 Samuel 22 verses 31 and 32. This is David writing. He says, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. He shields. So part of that shielding is taking refuge in God. When you hold up the shield of faith, it's connected to this. Lord, I'm trusting you. You are Magain Avraham, the shield of Abraham. You are my shield. I know that if I take refuge in you, you will shield me. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? And then verse 36. David says, you have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness, your humility makes me great. You've given me the shield of your salvation. And that shield of faith that, talks, that Paul talks about is also that shield of salvation. It's the Lord himself who becomes the shield for us and our trust in him. And so what do you do when the first dart hits you? Pick up the shield. Let it take the next dart. Take refuge in God as soon as a dart hits you. Now compare that to what your habits are. Have you ever been down a whole day in your life? Anybody ever had a, a hard day? Am I the only one? No. Have you ever had a hard week? Have you ever had a hard month? Have you ever had a hard year? Have you ever had a hard life? <laughs> Just because you've had a hard life does not mean you can't have joy. It simply means you gotta fight your fight. Everyone has their own battle they have to fight and the only way you can win it is God's way. Two ways to fight, trust in your strength, depart from the way of the Lord and try to do it yourself. How's that going for you? or trust in the Lord and his strength, his shield, his protection. I believe a lot of us would have better days if we took up the shield of faith. We'd have more enjoyable days. We'd have quicker victories. You might not even know how much progress 
you could make and how much territory you could take, how many advances and accomplishments could be opened up to you if you don't lose those hours and those days of your life just suffering for the fiery darts. Take up that shield of faith. So the time is short. I'm just going to end right now by praying for everybody who wants to be more battle-skilled. If you want to be better at fighting and you don't want to be such a good loser, you don't want to be defeated so easily, you want to have more victory, I want to pray for you. You can stand up if you want that. And just say, you can repeat after me this, Lord, I want victory, not in my strength, but victory in you. I want to use the weapons you give me. Teach me to fight in a spiritual way. Let me use the spiritual weapons so that I can have victory in the spiritual battle. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, now one last smile. Smile at that person you've been smiling and say, we're talking about me. We're talking about me. I'm going to have victory. More victory. Okay, fight. <laughs> Let's close with Aaron's blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Amen.